Hello, I am Rob Lott. And I'm Mary Thompson Hunt. Welcome to From the Heart. Central Florida is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. On this show, we are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why? And how can Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts presence? On each episode, we will introduce to you uh, some guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference. From the heart, with a capital A-R-T. Yeah. Yeah. Rob Lott, welcome. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, you're no stranger to our show, but it's always a treat to have you here. You know, I've been here a handful of times and I just love it so much. Um, We know that uh, Josh is out for just a little bit uh, in in a bit of recovery mode, uh, but uh, all all is well with him. And so I'm glad that he got to... uh, uh, or rather, I'm not glad that he got to, but rather that I got to come in and uh, and help out here. Yes, he's been gone for a while, but he'll be back next week. Fantastic. I've been telling everyone he's out saving the world through art. <laughs> he'll tell his version of what that means when he comes he back. Can, he can share the story all is well with Joshua Vickery. Here, here. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited about having you here today. Thanks. Tell everyone something about yourself that they might not know. Oh, my goodness. Well, there's a whole bunch of people out there who don't know me. I know. So but, but I, it could be any number of things. it's sixth time, and I'm sure everyone listening now has been listening every week for the last two years <laughs> <laughs> do you know what um uh, it occurred to me i was just looking back over my week and uh and and i wanted to chat with you about some fun things that are going on a lot of people don't know about me that i am a marching band enthusiast and a barbershop quartet enthusiast i know about the barbershop quartet well yes uh i i do happen to sing in a quartet uh here in town a rather well-known quartet uh, they're on Main Street USA at the, the Magic Dapper Kingdom. Dance. Yeah, the b- finest barbershop, barber, barbershop quartet in a two-block radius. Um, but uh, yeah, but you know what I actually had the chance to do? There was a, uh, actually in, in just on the edge of South Florida, um, they have the Heralds of Harmony, which is the barbershop chorus in Tampa, Florida. Hmm. And I had the opportunity. They had a what they called a guest night. And uh, some friends of, of mine from here in Orlando, we took a little road trip, went down to Tampa and sang with the fine folks there, uh, the gentlemen of the Heralds of Harmony, um, at, which was great, led by Tony DeRosa. And they actually, I believe, uh, I'm, I'm going to get this right, they they came in fifth place, uh-huh. I believe. Um, nationally? Uh, nationally. Wow. Uh, in the uh, Barbershop uh, Harmony Society, the big, they had the That's big competition. Huge. It's enormous. That's they, huge. they did very well. Fifth or sixth place, I want to say. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll double check that uh, before we before we leave here but were any of them from our main street uh usa Disney? a handful a handful were mm-hmm. yeah and uh but yeah i got to go and sing with them and it was super super fun they were so welcoming and so wonderful and uh we're looking to potentially maybe start a uh, an orlando chapter um or you know some uh, singing there with the heralds of harmony there in tampa but we'll have rehearsal here in orlando and uh and then shoot down there for for um you know once or twice there a month is a society here in orlando that's been true here on the show and they they are fantastic. They are fantastic. Yes, we we love them. And uh, again, it's a bunch of Orlando guys getting mm-hmm. together and uh, singing. My goodness, singing barbershop harmony. There is it's it's very strange. There's such an immediate camaraderie uh, when you get a bunch of guys together into a room uh, singing together. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the harmonies or just standing shoulder to shoulder with guys with the same mission. I don't know. And singing. It's such it a. Is. It's, it's like dancing. It's a expression of flying of the spirit. You know. Yeah. What I mean? Yeah. It's great. What yeah. I love on Main Street USA is when uh, guests that come. 
into the park and they'll go, my dad sings in one of those that you guys will pull him <laughs> up and he'll sing and he'll, and the family's taping it and they love it and they have this great memory. And it's I, true. I yeah. love it when you do that. Well, and you know, again, the, the barbershop harmony society, they, they are underground. So as to say a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know about them, but they're enormous. And, uh, there's a, there's a whole bunch of people who love that style of singing and uh, and so it is true when they come to Main Street USA, um, we all know kind of we all know the same songs, mm-hmm. and uh, so we're able to bring up any one of them and uh, we say, "What part do you sing?" I sing baritone. The baritone singer steps away and uh, cheers on this new stand-in baritone, and it's it's really really fun. Yeah, great. it's really great. Well, we're so glad to have you here today. Thanks, and I'm very excited about today's show. Yes, me too. Um, our guest is no stranger to the show, and will be today representing Opera Orlando. Uh, so today we have the Executive Artistic Director of Opera Orlando, Mr. Gabriel Pricer. The crowd goes wild. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get a sound effect of we a do. You need a, you need a little. You need a little soundboard over here. Yeah. You press a button. Can we get that? Can we make that, that happen, good. Tom, the producer? We can, he's nodding. Yes, he's, we'll he's make that happen. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to clap for the rest of the day <laughs> so you can tape it. Um, but okay, so here's what I have written about you. And this is just a little bit, my oh friends. Oh dear, what did my mom send you? Oh, he did. <laughs> Always washed his own dishes, made his bed every day. No. <laughs> um, well, let's see. He uses his performance experience of over 50 operatic and music theater roles to serve the company in areas of growth and development, artistic vision and planning and administration. You were born and raised in Apopka, just outside of Orlando. And if I remember correctly, weren't you also an athlete? Aspiring. I don't know if anyone would call me an athlete, but thank you for the compliment. Well, I, I did play football in high school. I remember that. Yeah, that's I, right. I just thought, and you were here last uh, time that I was with you with someone else on your executive team who was right. also an athlete. Right, right, right. We but, both played football in high school. I know. <laughs> I just thought that was so cool. Opera singers playing football. Who knew? Well, you catch the ball and oh, oh, oh. <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> so Everybody's staring knee. at you, going, "Wait, what?" Are you just confuse them with their singing yeah. as you run by. To dance when you score a touchdown, not <laughs> sing. Yeah, that's probably your secret weapon. Those tones that they can only feel and it disorients them, and you go for the score. <laughs> I'm making this up. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you for having me. Always happy to be here. So what's new and good? What's going on with Opera Orlando? Well, uh, I would say the summer was a peaceful, restful downtime. That's not true. Summer is probably our, our busiest time just to get everything organized and plan the season. We have our most ambitious season yet ahead of us. Uh, we're doing five new productions this year. Um, we have our Opera on the Main Stage series at Dr. Phillips Center and we're launching what we're calling Opera on the Town. So these are smaller productions and intimate venues around uh, the city beautiful. So you were just telling me a little bit before we started about one that, and how it's immersive. Talk to, talk to our guests about that. Sure, we are doing a production of The Barber of Seville, uh, Rossini opera, yeah, very famous thanks to Bugs Bunny, you know, the Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. And we are doing that at Casa Feliz in Winter Park, which is a historic Spanish villa. So the story of the opera, the Barber Seville, he could have lived in such a place as Casa Feliz. And the story, um, the performers will move throughout the house as the story unfolds. And, and the, the audience, audience will follow you. Exactly. Moves, moves with you. And 
also some wine and appetizers mm-hmm. served, desserts. So what's not to love? <laughs> Opera up close and personal. Well, By fully, the time you get to that immersive. last door, people yeah. will be like, yeah, come on in. Come yeah. on. Everybody, everybody. That's the show right. just gets better and better throughout the night. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I love how innovative and, and original and inspired that idea is. How did, how did that idea come to be? It's becoming a popular trend in the opera industry. There are a couple companies that that's exclusively what they do. Uh, one is called Onsite Opera in New York. And uh, I was lucky to be part of a couple productions in Minneapolis that they did site-specific. They did um, Marriage of Figaro at the James J. Hill house. And it was kind of Downton Abbey style because the mansion was built in the 1920s. James J. Hill was a railroad tycoon back then. And it was just so amazing to see how the audience reacted. Um, also, it was done in English. So we'll be doing Barbersville in English. Mm-hmm. And because the audience is so up close and personal, they feel like they're part of the story. You're singing in English. They really get it. Wow, wow, And, wow. and you take a piece like Mozart's Marriage of Figaro or Rossini's Barbara Seville that's 200, 250 years old, and all of a sudden it becomes accessible mm-hmm. and relevant. The same themes uh, the same entertainment elements as in the case of Rossini. I mean, it's just hilarious. Mm. It's very slapstick. And what's what's not to love about Bugs Bunny? Mm. <laughs> uh, but in that immersive setting, it's it's magical. Yeah, the reviews were out of this world. Have you attended yourself one of the ones? I've only performed in them, but I hear they're great to attend. <laughs> <laughs> By the applause. <laughs> so I, I have a just a logistical question. So it, being that it's immersive. A lot of logistics. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. get out and away from the, the standard proscenium style show. Um, are, the, the, are the singers taking, I mean, once you begin the show, are they out and among the audience the entire time? And uh, where do they go? What is, what defines on stage? What defines backstage? Yeah, so we do a lot of um, site visits ahead of time to figure out where all the nooks and crannies are mm-hmm. in the house and where can I have a, a makeshift dressing room for that quick change or uh, where can the performers hide <laughs> while they wait between in, uh, entrances. And sometimes there's no place to hide. And it's like, well, if I was just living in this house as the character, as Rosina or Figaro, where would I go? Yeah, And it's okay if the audience sees me and I stay in character. And it also encourages this element of improvisation, mm. which I think opera 30 years ago, no one did improv. But now you really have to be a strong actor in the opera industry. I blame that. I don't know blame's the right word, but <laughs> the HD Met broadcast are great yeah. because they're so up close and personal. All of a sudden these opera singers are like, oh, I need to like work out and be in shape and be an actor because people can see me up close. I can't just stand and sing, you know, yeah. park and bark is what they used to call park it. Park and bark. And so, you're not mic'd, obviously. Not mic'd. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, opera traditionally is not mic'd, but mm-hmm. especially in this setting, definitely not mic'd. Um, so that was fun in, in Marriage of Figaro in Minneapolis. There was this element of improv because you could see the audience reacting. You're right there, and it's irresistible not to interact back with them. Yeah. So yeah, that, can that's I, an exciting how element. How are your, your performers, your singers, your, your slash actors – how are right. they taking to this new style, this new introduction of um, the the new expectation of acting among in your face? Also, I, you That's know, a great I, I would believe it's always been there, but at the same time, um, like you say, it's, it's more it's present new to them. nowadays. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not it's not that acting was never a part of opera. Right. I don't I don't want to be misquoted. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I caught um, myself too. I don't want that to. <laughs> right. Right. But you right. You could at, at one time look at it as the second skill, but now it needs to be just. It's That's dual. a good way Fluctuate to say it. They need to be dual. equal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, people talk about triple threats mm-hmm. in music theater. I think in opera it was always kind of single threat and we'll forgive the rest. Mm-hmm. 
now it's you really need to be at least a dual threat, if not mm-hmm. a triple threat. But I don't I, know what the triple part is. Maybe, but, but maybe I imagine dancing. <laughs> improvisation. That, improvisation. Yes. <laughs> it's a gift to the artist because when you're really connecting to what it is you're saying, and then of course you have the music with it. I bet like it unlocks doors within them as it's artists. It's a whole different experience, and I felt that as a performer, it 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 frees you up in a way. You know, you, yeah. you're at, you're at more liberty because you're not just focused on the technique and singing that perfect vow, that perfect high note. You're living the experience of the character. Yep, it's and very it's very liberating. Right up close and personal. I love and that. seeing the reaction right away too. I was yeah. I was thinking about this uh, just the other day. The the more familiar you are with the character, the better you know that character's story. The the easier improvisation becomes. Exactly. And uh, when you say uh, Mary, that it, what a gift it is to the performer. Um, I almost wonder if some performers have been somewhat stifled in years past of going, I know this character, I know this story, I want to add and bring more to it, but that's not opera. And the director's like, no, you have to hit cue number six and be in light number seven, right? Exactly. No, one of the most important acting lessons I got was only one sentence, and it was, don't try to be the character, just Mm. be the character. Mm. How Yoda-esque. I know, I know. (laughs) But it really changes your whole perspective. And like you're saying, you don't think of it as improv. You're just living in the moment. Yeah. I love that. Um, what do you think it's saying about the the um, acceptance of opera in our society that this is now a trend doing these immersive opera tours through homes and buildings? I think it's a reflection of you have this 400-year-old art form, opera. You know, it has a lot of stereotypes around it and has been seen as being really stuffy, being elitist, being all these different things. And we're, I think the industry is trying to remind folks that opera originally was for the everyday person. Mm. Mozart was writing for the common man. Mm. Puccini was writing about real life stories. Um, and it's trying to make opera again accessible and relevant to everyone, opera for everyone. Oh, wow. much, like, uh, much like Shakespeare. Yes. You know, it, yeah, it kind of goes writing through for for the for every man, every every person. Right. Right. You you have these uh, ebbs and flows, it's, I guess, and and obviously the Medici were heavily involved with opera and we need those donors and those patrons, but at its core, you think opera goes back to Greek tragedy, and Greek mm-hmm. chorus and it's it's theater, right? Yeah. It's how we express ourselves. Opera is musical language, the universal language of trying to say something about humanity. Oh, I love it. Well, on that note, we do have to say that we're about to go on break, but we will be right back with Gabriel Pricer and, of course, Rob Lott. Thank you for joining us on Magic 107.7 FM from the heart. Welcome back, everyone, to From the Heart with a capital A-R-T. I am Rob Lott, standing in for Joshua Vickery, and across from me is Mary Thompson Hunt. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Rob. Yeah, happy to be here. Nice to have you here. Thank you. Um, Interesting conversation. It's true. 
just reading a little bit about your mission statement there. Read that mission statement on the bottom, Rob, will you? Oh, sure thing. I've got it right here. <laughs> here it is. The sound effects in yes. here are amazing. Well, I just pressed a button. <laughs> I, I don't know why we have the, the button to press that says uh, a paper crinkling sound, and we don't just have a... I'll press it again. There it is. Opera Orlando's mission is to produce high-quality operatic entertainment and educational programs that engage Central Florida audiences. Yes. I always think when when a, our guests here have a mission statement, we must read that. That's true. Well, I've, I've heard that your mission should be, should be just shy of um, to make the world a better place. <laughs> and that is, that's some pretty uh, uh, lofty stuff there. Our mission is to produce high-quality operatic entertainment and educational programs that engage Central Florida audiences. Let's talk about the engagement of Central Florida audiences. Let's do uh, it. Tell us, uh, we, we talked a little bit about it before, but... Uh, my goodness, there's, you guys are doing some fresh, new, interesting things when it comes to opera. Um, and again, just why would somebody want to come and see a show who's never uh, been to an operatic performance before? I get that question a lot. Yeah. And, you know, there are so many reasons. It's kind of like, where do you begin? And I think you can look at our season specifically. Uh, we have two series. So Opera on the Main Stage is at Dr. Phillips Center, and that starts off with Tales of Hoffman. And so you can come just for the music. The music itself is glorious by Jacques Offenbach, same guy that wrote the Can-Can. Oh. Exactly. Um, and the music, it's kind of this French cabaret meets grand opera. It's just absolutely what glorious is it about? to listen to. The piece itself uh, is about E.T.A. Hoffman, who was a poet, a writer, and was uh, a big muse or an inspiration for Edgar Allan Poe. Really? So a lot of his stories, like The Sandman. Mm-hmm. Um, he also wrote The Nutcracker, which the ballet is yes. based off of. Really? So yeah, you might not realize you know E.T.A. Hoffman. Yeah. And so this opera is about him and his obsession with women. Mm. Who doesn't love a, sh- a story about that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so you could come just for the storytelling, and it's four stories, four women that he is obsessed with and kind of an unrequited love way. So would... would was there a theme with his obsessions or why it would never work out? Was he a tragic romantic? Or? Tragic romantic. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and each of the acts is an actual E.T.A. Hoffman story or, mm. or poem that he wrote based on one of his stories. So there's those two elements. But then what we try and do is put a twist on our productions when uh, appropriate. So we are setting this as a steampunk uh, production and obviously in October we're performing around Halloween, encouraging folks to come in costume, oh, come in your great. best steampunk attire. Think Golden Compass, or, yeah. uh, and 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 have fun. Yeah. The opera's it's entertainment. It's in our mission statement. It's entertainment. It is also educational. You will learn something whether you um, want to or not. Whether you want to something. or not, you'll learn a new song. You'll learn the history of Hoffman who wrote Nutcracker yes, and Offenbach who wrote Can Can. You know, opera is our legacy. It's our history. It's our humanity. Mm, I love that. And I love, I love the idea of leave your, leave your tuxedos at home. Uh, come have fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Be relaxed. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Right downtown, Dr. Phillips Center. Come enjoy night out on the town. I love that. So you're not just going into people's homes and doing them throughout their mansions or where they live or where they work, but now you're also inviting people to come after being in their closet, being real creative. <laughs> <laughs> and we're allowed. They're encouraging us to dress this way. That's true. That's, That's right. True. We did a production of Mozart's Abduction from the Seraglio back in May and June, and it was 
a Star Trek uh, parody, <laughs> an adaptation. And, oh gosh, we had so many people come in costume. All the mm. Trekkies That's came great. out. So we're going to try and keep that going. That's so important because you're giving people who wouldn't ordinarily give opera a chance, but you're giving them, you're meeting them halfway going, come on, bring your passion, bring your fun side, because we're going to show you ours. Right, right. And the stories are, are relevant across the board, whether they're set as a Star Trek episode or steampunk or set traditionally. Nothing against setting an opera mm-hmm. traditionally. We just like to have a little fun. So out of the operas you were talking about, for someone out there listening who's never been to an opera, which one first do you think? What's a good intro opera that you're about to have that you would say, come to this one? Well, I mean, again, kind of going through the season, the next one is Hansel and Gretel Mm -hmm. in December. That one's a perfect one for the family. It's in December, a good holiday treat. So it kind of depends on what you're looking for. Right, and who you're bringing. Right, Mm -hmm. and then if you want like opera, over the top, the pure Italian what we think of pasta we... sauce. <laughs> then you then you want to come to Pagliacci, which we're pairing with Pulcinella. Pagliacci is very well known. It has the um, the Ridi Pagliaccio, uh, which was used in Rice Krispie commercials back in the it day. It sounds like food. No more Rice Krispies. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. La, 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 la. My my. Family will be embarrassed that I just did that, but nonetheless, <laughs> um, whatever it takes to sell the it's tickets. It's one of those, you know, opera is very close to soap operas. It's over the top melodrama. Yeah. No one survives at the end. That's very tragic. Um, and then we're pairing it with Pulcinella, which is kind of an irreverent ballet mm. by Stravinsky, also about commedia dell'arte, clown, a clown troupe. Are you collaborating with Orlando Ballet? Uh, we, we had hoped to, but we're actually um, partnering with Phantasmagoria. Oh, perfect. Yes. They do a, a Punch and Judy show, yeah. and Punch and Judy is, is based around Pulcinella. Um, so we're excited to collaborate with them for the first time. Oh, if any of you out there have not seen Phantasmagoria, this might be a wonderful time to come and see this because they are also quite unique and um, in their own right. I, just the two of you together is making me excited. Yeah, mm-hmm. we thought it was a very exciting partnership and bringing in, a, again, a different audience. How did you get started with opera? I'm just curious to know, because I imagine that there's so many things that you can do, could have done. I'm sure you're also an actor, could have gone pop. Why opera, and when did that start? Well, I think my parents are still hoping that I go into medicine, but... um, (laughs) There's an opera about that. (laughs) You know, I I always sang to to, kind of take it way back, and singing always came easily to me. I remember last time... Uh, we talked and did the interview. I talked about my aspiring uh, uh, sports career, which never um, came to be, and that's yes. okay. That's okay. Uh, but yeah, singing was definitely a, a God-given talent, and I'm very fortunate um, that I, I'm able to make a living singing as well and performing. Um, I would not have been directed to it if it wasn't for good teachers, though, to be mm. honest with you. At the high school level, my chorus teacher... Uh, Dr. Jeff Redding, if he's out there listening, yeah. and my drama teacher, Ken Rush, at West Orange High School, oh my goodness. pointed me in the right direction, and uh, they said, you know, you should audition. I'm like, you could get a scholarship, you know, and you're really talented. I was like, yeah, I, w- I would rather play football. <laughs> like, no, you should audition. And and I did, and the first opera I, I did was in college. And really, I mean, I, I kind of watched opera a little bit when you're a kid. You know, sometimes your mom makes you watch that movie, you're like, what is this? I didn't even know what it was. And then later on, I was like, oh, is that, that was Magic Flute, that Birdman was Papageno. I was like, what was my mom showing me? <laughs> it's her fault. But she was yeah. culturing you. But I think probably the first full opera I saw was the first opera I was in in college at Florida State, and I just fell in love. 
I fell in love. It was Der Vampir, the Vampire, mm. kind of like Twilight, the opera. <laughs> and it was in German. Uh, you know, and most operas are over two hours. This one was like three hours in that wow. romantic style, German romantic style. And it was very athletic. I was like, well, oh. you were ready for that. I was ready for that. I loved the challenge and the, learning the foreign languages, German, Italian, French, and, yeah. sometimes Russian. Learning how to sing English is hard. Uh, <laughs> so just the challenge of it all, I, I've been stuck ever since. Which language, in your opinion, does opera lend itself to for that flow of, I don't know, consonants or vowels? Well, that's an easy one. Italian yeah. has the fewest vowel sounds and was the king and still is the king of, of opera. Is that where uh, opera was born? It was. Yeah. 1601, uh, the, you know, historians kind of debate, uh, but I'm pretty sure it was Jacopo Perry uh, was the first one. And it was in someone's like living room, in yeah. their salon, uh, a very small, intimate thing. So it's interesting that opera has become this big production when, again, originally it was intimate, sharing stories mm. in people's homes. So what were we doing musically in the 1600s in this country? Uh, I think we were just discovering the snare drum. <laughs> The harmonica? Maybe? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. That's a good question. I don't know. Well, we'll have that guest on next time. Yeah. We need to get some musicologists in here before we have like uh, false facts. <laughs> it would be too so, easy for us three to make them up, huh? It's interesting. Uh, you know, you talk about how uh, right there upon your first seeing of, of an opera, listening to an opera and being there in the room that it just clicked with you and there was an immediate love for it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, Mary, Mary and I talk all the time whenever we have the opportunity of, of following those passions and, you know, whatever that thing is that sparks for you, uh, passion that you, that you follow that. And it sounds my goodness, like you have, uh, not just followed it, but ran toward it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it just won't leave me alone, you know? <laughs> and you know what, Rob? Following. It's true because he followed it through the sports mm-hmm. and then he found that how even football was able to, things he learned there aided him in his journey in opera. Yeah. Who knows where you'll end up? <laughs> Who, knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, sports broadcasting, maybe. <laughs> the singing in broadcaster in song. song, right? Right. That would be, that would be my dream. But no, you're exactly right. Uh, opera is also... Uh, an expression of teamwork. You know, it's this culmination of all other art forms coming together, the orchestra, the singing, the acting, uh, sometimes dance. Mm. Uh, Ballet is a big part of opera. And then not to mention set design, stage management, lighting design. Rob can appreciate all of those things. Mm -hmm. You know, people say it's the culmination of all art forms. And it is in many ways as music theater is because music theater grew out of opera. Um, and it takes a lot of teamwork. So I think the, the sports pay off in that regard. I'm so glad you mentioned that. So often we talk here about how we believe in the arts for so many reasons. But one of the big reasons is it really does teach you how to collaborate and work well with others, literally play well with others. Mm. Right, right. Yeah. Well, how do you, uh, I know your job title. Um, oh no! Your your, t- your 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 job title within the within the organization. But how do you um, how do you see your role? Um, as leading, uh, if, if you were to take the job title off of the off the table, how do you see your role within the organization? Um, I think first and foremost, it's important to have a positive voice in the community about what opera is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I try and do that to the best of my ability. Anyone I meet, anyone I, I come across with a uh, an ambassador, as you will, of the art form. And then on the other side of that, I have a responsibility on my shoulders to be uh, fiscally responsible uh, for the organization. We've had a, an up and down, a rocky history 
in Orlando with opera, um, and we want to make sure that opera's here forever as it should be. And I think the community deserves that, so I take that on my shoulders. Fantastic. I love that. One of the things that we like to ask our our guest artists who come here, if someone's listening and they have an interest in pursuing learning more about opera or maybe even taking a lesson, you teach also at Opera Orlando, yes? There are classes? Right. Um, we have several facets. There's a youth company uh, for kids uh, age 8 through 18, and uh, we just had our auditions, but we're doing a second round of auditions. So if anyone's interested, the youth company meets twice a week. It is an audition group, uh, about 30 kids, and they put on their own opera production. Really? Yeah. So I, I mentioned Barbara Seville earlier, but a part of our On the Town series is our youth company production, and they're doing Noah's Flood by mm-hmm. Benjamin Britten, completely put on by the kids. Wow. Yeah. And what are the ages? Eight through 18. Eight through 18. And so you can email youthcompany at operalando.org or just visit operalando.org and it's all there on the website. Um, But if you're an adult, uh, we also have an adult chorus. And you you learn a lot by being in the chorus. You learn to start to pick up those language skills. You work with our music director, our guest conductors like um, Jorge Parodi from Argentina who's coming to conduct. So it's a very exciting opportunity and uh, we typically have those auditions in May, but if you're really gung-ho, just shoot me an email. We'll get you set up. <laughs> Give them an email address. Um, info at operaorlando.org is probably the easiest one because okay. my name's really hard to spell. And if you, even if you just go to operaorlando.org, you're going to find information how to contact you anyway. Lots of ways to get involved. Volunteer mm-hmm. program. We do have an Opera Orlando ambassador program, uh, which has behind-the-scenes events like Meet the Stars, Behind the Curtain, uh, opera Insights Luncheon with the director, with the singers. We have a lot going so on. So there's a lot going on. They can visit yeah. the calendar on your website as well, I imagine. Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, we're going to come back and tell you a little bit more about that and find out what's coming up in the future. Thanks for joining us on Magic 107.7 FM. You're listening to From the Heart. Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt, and today I am here with the talented and dapper Rob Lott, who's oh sitting God. in for Joshua Vickery. Yes. So glad you're here. Happy to be here. Thank you. Yes, yes. Yeah. It works. You're both our friends, and we're just so happy when you can come. And we are so excited today to be introducing to you, if not for the first time, for some of you, second, third, um, the artistic and executive director of Opera Orlando, um, Mr. Pricer. Hi. Hey, Mary. Thanks Gabriel. for having me again. <laughs> yes. Gabriel, named after an angel. Um, was there anyone else in your family named Gabriel? No, but ironically, uh, my parents were Gary and Jerry, Geraldine, both G names, and they thought it would be fun to name all their kids, all six of us, G names. So for the longest time, I thought my name was Gary, Grant, 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 Grant Gabe. <laughs> of course, of course. But it turns out it's just Gabriel. That's just my name. Yeah. And if you all played string instruments, you'd all be the G-strings. Put that on a t-shirt. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did not play string instruments. <laughs> that was the one thing missed we were missing. Missed opportunity. <laughs> we 
We're so glad you're here. We were talking a little bit earlier, well, actually during the break. Sometimes I wish the conversations we have during the breaks were on air. Because we weren't recording? No. We should, we should release it on, on a website that's as extra bonus material. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Tom, the producer, can we make that happen? He's nodding. Yep, he's making it. <laughs> well, we were talking about, uh, about the art and the art of singing and how we're reflecting life. It just got pretty... Pretty deep. We solved the world's problems. We were all problems. holding hands and tears. <laughs> it and, was flowing. Yeah. And we yeah. sang opera style kumbaya. It was very <laughs> strange. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about what people can do to help you out in, in terms of volunteering or donating. I know you said a large building. A large building. A large building. Tell and us about that, what your needs are with that. Well, ironically, they, they are building a large building for us to perform in, and we are so grateful for that. Steinmetz Hall, which is the second phase of Dr. Phillips Center, which will be a, a true acoustic space, a true mm-hmm. opera house. Uh, 1,500 seats, very exciting. We'll be moving up. Uh, so to prepare for that, it'd be great if we had a uh, another building <laughs> for storage, uh, shop space, rehearsal space. So we can build the sets and prepare the costumes to do a big production. These costumes in are quite an ordeal for opera. There's a lot of people to clothe, to clothe rather. Right, mm-hmm. right, exactly. Think about a 30-voice chorus, yeah. so you think about 10 people in the cast, maybe some supers. Uh, again, depending on the show, you're doing Turned Out, it's twice that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're doing Barbara Seville, it's smaller than that, so it just depends on the show. Uh, but we we do our own productions here at Opera Orlando instead of doing rentals or, or hiring productions. So we build all of our own stuff. It would be great to have a place where we could store it and, and save on resources in that way. When it comes time to building the sets and painting them and putting them up in the flats, and uh, do you need help doing that from volunteers? Oh, yeah. We use volunteers for that. And, and so, yeah, when we say volunteer, that doesn't just mean come and hand out programs. There's lots of ways you can be involved behind the scenes like, as well. What are some of the other ways? Wardrobe Costumes? assistant, mm-hmm. hair and makeup assistant, um, painting the sets, building the sets. Trying to think of other other crazy things we've asked people to do, and they actually say yes to wiring. If they're an electrician, I mean, we're so grateful. We have partners that do our printing for us. Mm. We have partners that help set up our Wi-Fi, uh, IT partners. Uh, so we're looking for partners in any way that that might be infrastructural uh, help. So if there's a skill or a talent someone out there has, don't be afraid to ask if it's something you could use. Exactly. I mean, we're yeah. a business. We're a company, just like any other. Mm-hmm. Nonprofit, I take it. A nonprofit, that's right, that's right. And so uh, those in-kind donations, they are tax deductible. We hmm. uh, put a money value on that. So and even for someone's time, if they're an electrician and come in and help wire something or paint something, can they write those hours off? They can, they hmm. can. We track our volunteer hours, and that actually goes into our overall budget, our annual budget, which helps us get more funding from the big foundations. Oh, you know what, if you're looking to find out a little bit more of the world of opera, uh, maybe even just to see your first opera, but go behind the scenes. Volunteer, even if it's for one production, just to do something different. If you're listening to the show, it's because you like doing things a little different. Um, treat yourself. Well, and exactly. how, uh, you know, we've all experienced, uh, those of us in the room, we've experienced volunteering for arts organizations. And uh, there is something that is so rewarding, um, especially taking that thing that you just naturally know how to do, um, and taking that time and being able to uh, just give it away, um, there's something that is so rewarding and it becomes a cyclical thing that you you get to be a, not only be a part of the arts, but be contributing uh, to what's happening. And, and that it's not just for singers. It's not just for uh, ushers and, and you know, for, for the people who are specifically 
building uh, right. the the show. But my goodness, you need you need help from all aspects. You're and you're really giving makeup. back to the community. Yeah, you really are providing that. Great culture, great arts for Central Florida. Mm -hmm. So we were talking at the very beginning of the show, Mary and I, about the camaraderie that happens among um, performers uh, as they stand shoulder to shoulder and put put on a show, sing songs together. Um, what is, uh, is, is there anything to the benefit of being an audience member, sitting shoulder to shoulder with people experiencing um, the same thing together, the same performance together? I've definitely seen that. I think our whole ambassador organization at Operlando or, or, or group exists because of that. There's camaraderie and speaking the lingo mm. that is opera, you know, like, what did you think of that dramatic soprano? Oh, her coloratura was a little off today, <laughs> you know, and they, they just get into that whole world of, of opera. And then there's also the emotional just experiencing when Mimi dies for the first time in La Boheme and she who died? you were sitting oh, I, know, I, know I, know. That, I know, spoiler alert <laughs> and who I was sitting next to and hearing those minor chords played and what I was feeling, there, there's that emotional connection as well There's so, something else I'm going to share with you I had an acting teacher in New York who shared that this was their master's um, thesis They're, the way theater affects the body, there's something mm. that's released in the large muscles, in particular the large thigh muscles, that releases something that we connect to with uh, almost hormones like really? that connect with people next to us that we share emotions. And they did physical studies on, I guess it was how you were perspiring, the uh, combination of the chemicals, and <laughs> you know, seriously, this is what her whole study was on. And we change, but we morph. Really? Yeah. We are literally changed mm -hmm. like from, from, the from the show that we see and the people that we are surrounded mm -hmm. by as we see it. We mm -hmm. are physically changed. Our, Music yeah. change I, changes lives. I don't disagree. <laughs> and I, right. I believe that to be yeah. absolutely true. Yeah. So you talk about, you know, um, people coming to the coming to the operas and, um, and and experiencing them. And those who've been to a bunch of them, they they love to talk, speak the lingo and, and talk the language of, yeah. of someone who knows a whole bunch about opera. What about someone who doesn't? know a whole bunch what is what is their place and and talk a little bit about uh what you are doing to kind of take opera off the top shelf and make it a little bit more accessible make it for everyone yeah that's definitely our job uh a big part of our mission is not just for one part of central florida but all of central florida you know i think a big challenge is just getting people there there are so many stereotypes associated with the word opera and hopefully doing things like the steampunk production or the the costume competition or doing opera in different environments different environments and also getting the youth company and kind of getting opera out in the schools we do an in-school program where we take opera to high schools and middle schools and getting people over that opera is not this stuffy thing mm. um and once they get there they fall in love with it mm. you know rarely do i have it when someone comes the first time and they're like i'm never coming back this is how dare you trick me into coming to this? You know, <laughs> that never happens. They're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. And, you know, we have the super titles now that make it easy to follow along. But even that aside, they say, I knew it was an Italian and it didn't matter. Mm. The super music, titles. The music spoke to me. You know, like you have subtitles right. in foreign movies. We have super titles projected above I love that. the stage mm -hmm. in English. You know, the Metropolitan Opera House is very nice, and they have them in the seat in front of you. You can pick the language you want the super titles in. Wow. wow. We don't have that yet. One day. <laughs> um, Do you have interpreters from time to time? So, like sign language? Yes. 
Uh, if if that is requested, Dr. Phillips Center actually offers that. That's nice. That's yeah, great. yeah, mm. it is very nice. So, so we try and make it as accessible as possible. And, and if we just get you there, just come, just yeah. buy a ticket. First You'll step. Fall and then in love. some people they, fall in they, love. they think of opera. Oh, those are hundred dollar tickets, two hundred dollar tickets. But tickets they can start at twenty nine dollars. At twenty nine dollars, and even if that's a lot for someone out there, they can volunteer. Yes, maybe. Right, right. And then if you volunteer for a certain him. amount of time, you get discounts to our events. We also have Hansel and Gretel that we do outreach performances that are free for kids wow. so we try and we try to be family friendly as sure. much as possible um but yeah you think about what am i paying for the orchestra the costumes the wigs the singers opera is an expensive um prospect but it look is. at but it's like look football. at hamilton look and, at and hamilton oh, sure. 100 200 a ticket exactly and, and any yeah. sporting event because i just listen well, to your voice too. here speaking and you can tell, just like if I were looking at an athlete with arms the size of my waist, yeah. you work out. You have worked all your life to be in this prime time of your life, you sharing your gift. You have to train gift. your voice, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. You have to and train these it. are the prime years for all of you up there, and it's a gift to see it. And the gift we can give you is supporting you by buying a ticket. But the gift is really back at us because we're, like, amazed. Right. How can <laughs> right. he sound like that? <laughs> I, would, I would also argue that... Um, you know, especially the the kind of performances that you're doing, uh, being fully immersive, we it's not unheard of that we would go to any location, uh, a restaurant, so as to say, and uh, spend thirty dollars uh, on a meal for that immersive experience right. of being there and having someone, you know, having the, the 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 conversation with somebody that maybe you don't know, and and having all of that experience. I would say have dinner at home and, uh, you know, if, if the if the ticket price is a question, have dinner at home and come and, and enjoy a different kind of immersive experience for the same exactly. price. Exactly. Well put, Rob Lott. Well, mm-hmm. that's why I'm here only every now and then. <laughs> hey, um, just a, uh, I, I have just a logistical question. How do yes. you go about, okay, I'll take it. How do you go about choosing the operas? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, we do try and plan out, you know, about five years, kind of our wish list, our dream list of what we would like to do. Who is who's involved in the we? Um, we involve, uh, we have an artistic advisory, um, involve our, our board, executive committee, get feedback from our marketing folks as well. Um, you know, I'm very lucky that I get to have final say and the board gives me that. And I'm very grateful for that. But yeah, we, we try and feel it out. And the donors also have a lot uh, to say about what they would like. So I do take that into account. Yeah. Um, and we try and do a mix. You know, we try and uh, in Orlando, it's interesting because we have a lot of people that just want to see Bohem, just want to see Traviata <laughs> and they want to see it traditionally. But then we have this younger audience we're trying to introduce it to who love the Star Trek thing mm. or are going to love the steampunk thing. So we try and do a mixture of traditional, maybe adapted in some way. And then we're hoping to do modern opera, you know, like Noah's Flood was written mid-1900s. Be great to, we did, actually this past season, we were at the Fringe Festival. Um, we did two modern operas that were just written in the past couple of years, Safe Word and The Companion, mm. and reached a whole new audience with that. So we, art should reflect society. Mm-hmm. And in Orlando, we need to reflect the community in which we live. And our community is very diverse here in Orlando. Uh, so we try and take that into account and give the community what we think it would like. Mm. Well put. I, I can't think of any reason why someone listening, if they've never experienced the opera, wouldn't be at least intrigued right now and yeah. interested. Don't let that go away out there if you're listening, because it's going to be worth it. So what is uh, what is coming up r- immediately? What's brand new? What's coming up next? Well, big production-wise is Tales of Hoffman in October. Uh, up 
before that, we do lead-up events. Okay. Um, and these are very affordable, only $30. If you volunteer or become an Opera Lando ambassador, only $20 for these events. And they're Meet the Stars, so you mm. get to meet the cast. And Behind the Curtain, which is an open rehearsal. And that's at Plaza Live, where we mm-hmm. rehearse. So you get to see the behind-the-scenes wow. process. Yeah. And there's wine and food at all of these. Well. We do, you know, wine is very important for <laughs> opera goers. How many people are in your main company? Um, s- Staff-wise, uh, we have... And uh, singers and performers. Well, yeah, because we bring in the performers for each production. Okay, so you don't have some that are always in... Right. We, we have four studio artists um, that do these outreach events for us throughout the year. But other than that, um, well, we have... I should, I should say about our chorus... Our adult chorus, we have 60 okay. on the roster, and then we kind of pull from that for each Depending production. Depending on each opera. But the principal artists, the designers, they all come in just for that production. All right. Well, we I can't. I wish we could ask you more, but I think we've been restating it because we just want to sell so much for you because we <laughs> believe in you so much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you And love that so you're much. here. Thank you so much for being here today, Gabriel Pricer. Uh, friends, go enjoy the opera. Rob Lott, can't thank you enough for coming in today. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure seeing you. Friends, we will be back next week. Please join us on From the Heart on Magic 107.7 FM. I'm Mary Thompson-Hunt, and have a great week. 